Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Talk Podcast, episode 46. Today, we're going to be talking NBA draft lottery results. We're going to be covering game one of the Nuggets-Lakers uh, Western Conference Finals uh, game that just took place last night. Now, catching up about what we've missed in the NBA, uh, specifically me, and also maybe ranting a little bit about the 76ers. I'm your host, uh, SES Vince. Uh, I'm Basharth. Nice to meet you. It's been a while. Uh, if y'all don't remember, we did. We were semi-regular with the pods and the NBA. Yes, yes. For uh, the, like near the end of the regular season, I want to say, and then kind of life and the playoffs were a lot. So we just kept having to postpone there. Yeah, yeah. I was able to like do a few uh, non-basketball podcasts since then. I did, I think, two, uh, like a wrestling you got tournament. got like three of them, yeah. I yeah, think. I did like a wrestling tournament. I did a wrestling draft. I did an actual Power Rangers uh, uniform That's rankings right. yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, yeah, Jay Thunder. Uh, so I, I was able to do that. So it, it's good to be able to talk basketball once again. And I think one of the reasons why we kind of like stopped was A, life, yes, took took a, took a major toll on us. But also I think the Bulls season in general took a major toll on us in, as well. It's to be honest. Did. Although, man, there was a lot. The, the other part of it is that there was so much to talk about. So, like, if we don't record for like a day or two, once you got to the end of the final week of the regular season, mm-hmm. there was so much happening. And even those play in tournament games, almost every single one, I want to say all but one of those games was worth talking about. And I actually had like pages of notes on like each game because they were amazing games. Uh, even the, the Bulls, you know, hard. I don't want to, I don't know if it was heartbreaking or expected or just all around, you know, <laughs> desultory loss to the heat where they led by like five points with like a two minutes to go and still yeah. lost the game. Yeah, um, exactly. The heat who are now in the conference finals, you know, that's, that's like, crazy to think, man. Cause I, I, I swear, I think we had a conversation here before where we were talking about the Miami heat and I told you how I lost confidence in them. Like, I mean, we all did. Everybody did. They, they, they were, frankly, they were like as bad as the Bulls. You know, they At were as point, inconsistent. Yes. Their, their offense was broken. Their defense was not doing what it did. Nobody could shoot anymore. And, you know, Jimmy Butler, man, just comes up and he's going to Jimmy Butler. So, I mean, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it's like he inspired his his teammates to meet him. And actually, you know, it kind of started in that first play-in game, the one that where they got their ass kicked by Atlanta and made us think, oh, the Bulls might actually beat them. Mm-hmm. Because that's where Kyle Lowry had a turn black, turn back the clock, 30-plus point. Like, he was amazing in that playoff game. or play-in 100%, game. yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, he looked washed, uh, frankly, since last year. So uh, it was kind of amazing that not only did he do that in the play-in game, and then I, he kind of, I expected then that, okay, he's going to kind of slip back. He can't keep this up. And he didn't against the Bulls, but once the playoffs started and Jimmy started, you know, having, frankly, best player in the playoffs performances, Lowry stepped it up, man. He's been what kind of exactly what they needed. Yeah, 100%, man. I agree with you. That's uh, that's the great thing about the Miami Heat and the Pat Riley-led team. Not Pat Riley, uh, Eric Spolstra-led team. It feels like an Eric... Uh, like, I mean, you uh, can Pat say Pat Riley, Riley because he is the man at the head of the at the head of the, yeah, uh, well, yeah, the organization. It's, it's, and yeah, he's, he's the one who, who you know, who's kind of Spolstra's 
mentor or whatever. Yeah, he molded Spolstra from from very, very beginning, being the video coordinator and stuff like that. I so, mean, uh, I was going to mention when the Bulls, I mean, when we were first going to pod before the play-in tournament games, how uh, like doubtful I was of the Bulls making it past, not because I didn't think they were really uh, worse than the Raptors or the Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're equivalent teams, but I thought like they were clearly outclassed a coach. I thought the best two coaches were easily Nick Nurse and Eric Spolstra. Nurse yeah, Nick fired, Nurse but... don't have a job anymore, unfortunately. Well, yeah, he, here's yeah. the thing about that play-in tournament. I was more concerned about the Raptors because their length gave the Bulls a lot oh, of Oh, yeah. Issues. I was actually, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then the Heat, I wasn't actually sweating. Once we got against the Heat, I was a little bit more confident in that series thinking, well, we we, we swept them in the season series. I mean, the uh, Bulls had a lead with two minutes to go. I, I, I still don't understand why Kobe White, who has frankly been like – the Bulls, maybe third best player down the stretch, mm-hmm. um, you know, on both sides of the ball when you consider, you know, defense, offense, everything. Um, why he was pulled for Patrick Beverly, who did not have it in that game. I think Kobe was better on defense than Patrick Beverly. He was yeah. better. He was he was getting over every screen. That's what I was so impressed with with him in those games that mattered is yeah. that he fought over screens. He refused to be screened. And that's something that you couldn't even have predicted would come in uh, Kobe White's development. I don't get why Donovan pulled him at that end. Like, it, it just took the air out of the tires because Zach didn't have it. DeMar didn't have it. And that was it. It was over. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll have more of a chance to talk about Chicago Bulls. We'll do a bull specific podcast. But this tells you guys like how much there is. We're talking about games that happened a month ago now, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and like, since then the first round had so much intrigue. We had what was the first time in history where every single seed advanced that means that we were represented once you got past the first round by a one, a two, a three, a four, a five, a six, a seven, and an eight, all advanced. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's uh, crazy odds. And uh, speaking of odds, we had the draft lottery last night. We're going to be doing an impromptu six-star picks in terms of winners and losers. But before we do, we'll just do a quick recap. And then let me just share that with you just so we can both like take a look at it at the same time see here is that the no here we go draft order there we go so as we can see right here on the screen if it pulls up there you go yep we have the san antonio spurs that won the lottery the number for uh, the number one pick they moved up two seats because they were originally the third seat if i'm not mistaken charlotte hornets went up to two seats as well portland trailblazers went up to the number three seat houston went down two picks to number four houston was probably the biggest loser and we'll talk about that and they moved down from the the number one worst record overall and well something tied to keep in with, mind is the the worst three records which were they're uh, all tied houston, houston exactly houston san antonio and uh detroit right were yes. all had the same odds of the number one pick they had so Houston didn't actually have, or nor did Detroit have any better shot at the number one pick than San Antonio did. So exactly, that, you can say San Antonio getting it is kind of an expected result, odds wise. Yes, honestly, and we'll, we'll talk about the odds right now. So then Orlando gets number six, Indiana seven, or uh, Washington eight, nine, Utah, Dallas. Yeah, it's 10. pretty much chalk from there because the only yeah. jump was Portland at five, going up to three. Everything, Charlotte, every, yeah. everything stayed so everything to below four. five exactly. So, 
these this is what the uh let me see here which included the uh dallas mavericks who were fined for tanking against the bulls uh, yeah managing to keep their spot at number 10 nobody under them jumped up so therefore they keep their first round pick which would have gone to the new york Knicks otherwise i mean that makes me feel better because i feel like i think it was tied between the bulls and the dallas mavericks who had 10 or 11 at that point and given that dallas ended up in number 10 we would have just given orlando just a top 10 pick instead of a top 11 pick but we'll like i said so here are the odds orders uh projected prior to the lottery like i said detroit houston and san antonio all had 14 percent chance to land the number one pick equal equal chances yeah equal chances at number one the only difference being that uh depending on your record you could only fall so far uh yeah. in the lottery so therefore detroit fell the maximum they could fall which was down to fifth well i mean me personally i'm not even like too ups. I mean, I'm not a Pistons fan, so I can't be upset. But it's like they 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 won it with Cade two years ago. So yeah, they absolutely yeah. And Orlando then, is yeah. the other team I didn't want to see win because they just won it with Paolo last year, and then right. we already owe them a first round pick this year. I think we were both hoping for the Blazers to get a little bit higher. Uh, yeah, it, it would have been nice to see Dame, you know, relevant with Victor. But as it is with the number three pick, um, I, I, we talked about this over text a little bit. It's going to be interesting because Scoot is generally the clear number two as regarded by most draft analysts. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Charlotte getting the second pick, I kind of wonder, since they already have LaMelo Ball, are they going to want to pick a point guard like Scoot? They may skip him. And then Portland's in a tough position because they have not only Dame, but they also have Anthony Simons at guard. So they're not going to want to add a small guard, you know, because. Yeah, that's very true. Two. He's six right. two guard, so they may they may trade that pick if if uh, Dame does still want to finish his career in Portland. So this is what we'll do: we'll do our six star picks. We'll transition there, and we'll do three winners and three losers. We'll alternate. I'll let you start which whichever one you want to win the pick. Six, 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 six. Okay. Yeah. So, like I said, so no, uh, you can start with either winner or loser, but we're gonna do three each. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. We'll start at the bottom for me. Um, a minor winner, but still kind of major for them is the Dallas Mavericks. As I mentioned earlier, yes. they kept their pick because it was protected top ten in the trade they made with uh, the Knicks, um, and they would have lost it had they been any lower than ten. And this encouraged them to tank in the final week of the season. Uh, specifically against the Chicago Bulls, helping the Bulls get in the play-in tournament, <laughs> yes. uh, and got them a fine because of how obvious their tanking was in that game. Uh, um, it was it was ridiculous, man. It was ridiculous. It, it was. I don't want to say so. They're a winner because this gives them an asset they didn't have. It also gives them something for having tanked, which had they lost their pick, would have been an all-around embarrassment for them because then they tanked their way out of not only the play-in tournament. But a playing tournament in which, as we just discussed, the number seven seeded L.A. Lakers are now in the conference finals. And the, they would have really had a legitimate chance to be, you know, coming out of that playing tournament had they had they come. I don't know, man. The way they ended their season, I wasn't too confident. Well, the way that them. the way that a lot of the teams ended their season didn't look that great. But it was parity all around other than Denver, you know, beating up Minnesota. Any of the teams had a chance in, yeah. in any of those series. I even think. I actually thought if, if Kawhi hadn't gone down, I thought the Clippers still had a chance against Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, it's not too far-fetched. Unfortunately, they weren't at full strength, which is like a story. Well, if you can see in, in, in the eyes of somebody like Luka Doncic, that would have been – I'm sure he's mad about the fact looking right now that 
it looked like a very winnable playoff, uh, um, you know, potential. Uh, at least they would have had a shot. And then if they didn't come away with a pick, I think he would have been pretty lit up about that. At least now they have an asset they can use to, you know, either add a little bit of depth uh, at low cost or more likely, you know, include in a trade for another uh, another veteran to help them make a playoff push next year. Yeah, 100%. So, okay, I, I, I agree with you there. Dallas is a winner there in that regards because they do get to keep their pick. So uh, I'll, I'll go on to the opposite side of the category, and I'm going to go with a loser here. And we already talked about it. I think one of the biggest losers, if not the biggest loser here, is the Detroit Pistons falling from the number one pick or top three pick all the way down to number five. This is ex- especially a bad situation for them because they miss out on the top three guys in the draft. Granted, I don't think they needed Scoot Henderson since they have Ivy and they have Cade. So they would really would be looking at guys like Brandon Miller or, fingers crossed, would have won it and gotten Victor. But I'm glad Victor didn't, isn't going to Detroit. I think it would have like bugged me knowing that a Central Division rival is so close and Victor was so close and, and we just didn't get him. And uh, I don't know. It, it's like just, you said, they, they they already have had won it with Cade, and then mm-hmm. they're they're kind of like finishing at the bottom here is kind of a result of really mismanagement because they thought they were going to be in contention, you know, maybe not in the playoffs, but at least in the mix near the end, and they were instead tied for the worst lottery odds. So it, you know, it's it's this glut of power forwards that they have on their roster, nothing but power forwards and Cade Cunningham apparently. Um, yeah, they need wings. They they need wings. You were talking about trading and stuff. I could see Detroit possibly having in engaging talks with Portland should Brandon Miller fall to number three for some reason. Certainly possible. Yeah. Uh, I can see a scenario. Although if I'm Portland, I probably keep Brandon Miller if he's if he's on if if Scoot I Henderson mean Portland's. Picked, I think best best bet here would be to see Brooklyn's interest in parting with one of their newly acquired young. Uh, uh, small forward, power forward combos. You know whether they can. They can certainly, I think. Pat, I don't. I don't Cameron Johnson. But yeah, you, Cameron Johnson. But I think. Well, you, you can now at least have yeah. a shot at at, at at talks. You won't at least get laughed out of the room if they call on Mikhail yes. Bridges. Number three alone isn't enough to get it done. But maybe if they include Simons and some other stuff, you never know. I think. I, I think if uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Portland next because I think they're a winner for sure. We'll talk about them. But yeah, going back to Detroit, they're a loser. They fall four slots down. That the worst overall record. But unfortunately, this is why I like the newer like lottery odds because it doesn't reward the losing. I saw so right. many Pistons fans online uh, like complaining. It was like, how does the number one worst team in the NBA fault and get the number fifth pick? I saw because this being team... the number one worst team isn't an accomplishment; it's an embarrassment, and therefore, yeah, you deserve this. Yes, you know. So uh, that's, that's exactly. I'm, I'm 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 a proponent of teams that like purposely lose games and don't give out bad products to their fans to like not get what yeah, they suffer want. the suffer the comment like again, I was, now that the odds are changed like you yeah. said it's it's more fair like okay you don't want losing teams to be stuck perpetually at the bottom but you also don't want them to be perpetually trying to be at the bottom exactly and, and this you know this at least encourages them to not do that a little that that's one of the reasons why i was actually rooting for dallas to like land outside the top 10 so either the bulls 
I didn't, they were, their tanking was so blatant in that last week. I didn't want them to get a top. No, no, no. I wanted them to lose their first round pick just because. <laughs> oh, right, right. I, I see what you mean. I see. Yeah, it's falling wanted... outside the top 10. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, man, you can go winner or loser. All right. Um, I'm going to go. Well, we could go with a, with a couple obvious losers here. I'm going to go with another winner. That is the obvious winner. It would have been the one star pick, but it, I, I want to talk about it. It's obviously the San Antonio Spurs getting yes. the number one pick and getting Victor Wembanyama. The reason I want to talk about it is because they're a winner, and everybody wants going to talk about oh how great it is that they're Victor Wembanyama is with an organization like the San Antonio Spurs, the the vaunted great leadership, and you know fuck that leadership. <laughs> Fuck that leadership. Fuck Greg Popovich. These motherfuckers are frauds. And if you were thinking that this wasn't going to be one of those rant episodes, you were wrong. The the vulgarity, the cursing, and the ranting is going to start now because I'm so fucking sick and tired of the San Antonio worship. This fucking fraud-ass franchise that's supposedly all about winning and character and tradition has tanked repeatedly. They fucking kept David Robinson out. You know, when he was ready to come back in a similar situation to uh, early in Michael Jordan's career when he refused to be kept out when Jerry Cross wanted him to be after he right. broke his foot, missed most of the season. He insisted on coming back, took the Bulls into the playoffs. I believe that was the year he had his like 63 point, you know, that's not Michael Jordan, that's God from Larry Bird performance. Right. That might have been the same year. Um And they did the same thing, except, you know, they kept David Robinson out. That's how they got Tim Duncan to add to a team that was ready to compete for a championship right away the next year. They, you know, so they, they, they tanked for Robinson, they tanked for Duncan, uh, and, and they tanked blatantly this year. They were so bad. They were purposefully bad. They traded anybody who contributed to winning. They played players who were obviously like helping them lose. They would play them more as the season went on. They, they had, they covered up for a dude who repeatedly exposed himself to team fucking personnel. All right. And, and they, they covered this up and they did not let this player go. I'm forgetting his name now. What, what, whatever their draft pick from last year. Oh, and then they were commended. Josh Primo. Josh Primo. Thank you. They were commended for letting Primo go. No, they shouldn't be commended. They fucking kept this motherfucker on the roster and didn't say shit until he did it to somebody at a hotel on a road trip. And that person was, and it was going to become public. And then they let him go. I think this, this is a, and by the way, let's not forget all of this talk about, oh, players don't play and, and, and rest and all of this stuff and, and load management and the regular season doesn't mean anything anymore. This was pioneered by your, those same so, so vaunted, such a great organization, the San Antonio Spurs, who started this trend, DNP rest, DNP old. DNP old, I get, but they then started resting everybody from Ginobili and Parker to Duncan, and they did it blatantly. They did it for games that were nationally televised. They would do it, and they thought it was like a point of pride for them. They rested Duncan. They didn't even take them on a road trip to Miami one time on an oh, TNT game in the regular yes. season for no that's fucking where, reason. That's yeah. where it started becoming an that's exactly where it became it became promulgated it became national talk and at that time they were lauded for it well you shouldn't be fucking lauded for not only sitting players but choosing the games that are the games that people are tuning in to watch that the that the networks have paid the most money for 
on TNT, the Thursday night game, to mm-hmm. sit your guys during that isn't a fucking mark of some sort of like great organization. It's a mark of embarrassment. It's a mark that you don't give a shit about the people who are contributing to the actual salaries of everybody in that organization, to the owner's pocketbooks, to the team management, to the coaches, to the fucking video room, to the players. All those salaries are paid by the viewers, by the people going to the games. And these guys took pride in sitting people unexpectedly with no warning and during nationally televised big matchups. Like that was a fucking great thing to do. And now it's all over the NBA and people think it's a plague. Well, that plague fucking originated. Patient zero is the San Antonio Spurs. So I don't (laughs) want to hear shit about this fucking great, quote unquote, great organization and their great leadership. They're a fraud ass leadership. That's what I'm going to say right now. And yet they're rewarded again. They got another number one pick and another generational superstar, big man in Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it was lost and all that, but we did. You did give San Antonio a winner. A winner. Uh, they're the winners. <laughs> they're the winners. They won anyway. I gave them winners so I could rant about them. I don't know how you felt about that. No, I love it. I love it, man. I'm here for it. Anytime you want to rant, I'm all for it, man. I, I give you the floor. I give you the floor. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I, I, I just, I can't take this talk about how great the fucking Spurs are, man. Fuck the Spurs, dude. That's honestly. Yeah. All right. So I'm a pivot to another loser here. And I, it's obvious here's the Chicago Bulls. They didn't get into the top four. Their odds weren't that great. I was a little like anxious and nervous uh, just because I was hoping they could get into the top four just so they wouldn't give up their pick. Your you hope know, the, doomed us, Vince. I told you, you gotta, uh, you gotta abandon all hope before you're saved here. Unfortunately, I mean, I mean, they, they didn't do me any favors by letting the Bears and the Blackhawks win the number one pick, and then I'm over here thinking, oh, trifecta, you know. I yeah, the Blackhawks took all the luck for sure. Yeah, unfortunately, fuck the Blackhawks. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so, so, <laughs> hey, they had an owner die and won a Stanley Cup. I mean, the Bulls could learn something with that. You know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to disagree with you either. I'm just going to let that simmer there. I'm just going to let that simmer. The views of Bashar Ahmed are not the views of the Straight Talk podcast. (laughs) So, so yeah. So, the the Chicago Bulls stayed at number 11, which meant it got sent over to Orlando. The Vooch trade is over. Thankfully, I mean, it's only the 11th pick. It's nothing too high. And if it's Orlando, they're going to fuck up the pick at some point. Um, <laughs> Mo uh, Bamba. Mo, yeah. I mean, hey, shout out to Mo Bamba. He was playing decently for the Lakers before he got hurt. He was, oh, oh, is he hurt? I was. I, I totally forgot about him because he hasn't played at all. In, in no, no he, I think he got hurt like a, a little bit, sh- like a month or two after he got traded to the Lakers. Okay. So I mean, he might win the championship if uh, if if all things uh, work out for the Lakers. But but yeah, so the Chicago Bulls, we don't have to talk about it too much. We'll, That's what I was alluding to. Yeah, obvious loser that I could have talked yeah. about and also ranted about. But uh, we all know the Bulls are losers. We all know uh, we live in Chicago. Well, not everybody listening to this lives in Chicago. But if you do, we're well aware of how how fucking loser, unfortunately, the most of our organizations are, and particularly the Chicago Bulls, who have the you know annual sellout crowds and record attendance i would the, say the bears a little bit lower on the loser spectrum you're right but the bears don't have the worldwide global brand that the chicago bulls have that they're you know they don't they have yeah. one championship from 1985 they don't have the six titles and best player of all that's time true that's true that they're um, making in profit. all right uh bosh we got one more one loser one winner which one do you want to go with <sighs> so that's interesting i could go a couple different routes with this so you know i this is. I wonder which way to go because I can pick 
both teams at number two and number three as either winners or losers for different reasons. I'll pick. We didn't talk about the Blazers yet, right? As no, no, we okay. we casually mentioned them, but so I'll, I'll, yeah, it. I know we talked about them, but not actually as a as a winner or loser. I'll 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 say them as a winner, um, because again, they they did go tank, but they went much earlier in the season because it, it was you know fairly clear to them that their team wasn't working after a nice hot start that they had, yeah. and that the Western Conference mix was going to be very deep and and uh, very <clears> contentious. <throat> they decided, you know what. This isn't it. Um, they traded Josh Hart to New York, who was a great fit for New York. And they decided, you know, trade Gary Payton, um, the second back to Golden State and kind of restock the assets around Dane. Yeah. So they're a winner because now they can go a, di- a couple different directions. We talked briefly a few times, you know, about how Damian Lillard, whether should he be traded, should he not, should he, you know, et cetera, what should they do? The fact of the matter is, if you have a, a superstar who's identified with your franchise, um, who has is a great leader, a great community member, and he wants to stay and end his career there, I think he should have that right. And I think the Portland Blazers fans would be happier to see a few seasons with Dame, you know, just at the end of the playoff mix, rather than, you know, five seasons of terrible basketball that may or may not pay off, you know, as we see repeatedly with Bulls, with the Hornets, with all kinds of teams, it's not guaranteed that it would pay off. I'd rather have that end of the run with the superstar. Maybe you get somebody else to join him. Maybe they can. And this gives them hope. It gives them the opportunity to pair the number three pick, maybe Simons, maybe future picks, um, and and do something to add to the team now. Or if Dame does decide he wants to leave, you've got your rebuild already underway. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, I'm gonna slide over to this tab over here with like the the mock draft that they have. By the way, all these are from tankathon.com. So I like I, I wanted to check it out. I did a few simulations of, of the lottery. I uh, only got the Bulls to win the lottery once. Uh, so yeah, so it, I, I feel like the cons- in the code. I'm yeah, sure yeah. Uh, I feel like the consensus here, obviously, Victor Wamba Yamba going to San Antonio is a foregone conclusion. And the the question really starts here, and we already knew this going into the draft, is depending on who gets number two and three is where Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson will go. Because as great as Scoot Scoot Henderson is, his biggest flaws currently in his game is, one, he's he's a smaller guard, and we already know that those don't age the most gracefully in the NBA, just like a Kyle Lowry. We talked about him at the beginning. And you're but, also uh, defensively generally a liability to be picked on and pick and roll which as is well. Offense right and I think, NBA. and I think on top of that is also his inability to be an, uh, uh, like a threat on the outside. He's not, right, he's not a shooter, shooter yet. He's not a shooter. At least yet. Yeah. At least yet. Brandon Miller, he's a good wing prospect. He, does a little bit of everything, if I'm not mistaken. Honestly, also, this is why I was hoping the Bulls would at least get to number three because I think Brandon Miller would be a, a great, great wing to add to a team like that. Yeah, if if you get Brandon Miller, I think uh, I think you start exploring some options. But yeah, going going back to Portland, I think they are a winner for sure, and I think this is what you do. Uh, you're gonna have teams below you because you got the number three pick. If if the idea is to build around Dane. And add more pieces to Dame. If Scoot Henderson is there at three, guess what? I think Houston's going to want Scoot Henderson. I feel like they would. That's a good point. Yeah, they would. It, like if if because the projector right here in this mock draft from Tankathon is Brandon Miller going number two to to Charlotte. And but, I think that's again under the theory that Charlotte wouldn't take Scoot because they already have Lamelo. 
maybe they do decide because they're they're bad enough to go best player available and, and go with Scoot. So anything can happen here. Still. Also, too, there's always that possibility that Lamelo and like with the Ball family, like his his dad or himself might be like, "Get me out of here! I don't want to do this losing." And now you have to replace him, and then you right. you, you draft the Scoot Henderson. Scoot and Lamelo could probably play together. And this was the question we had with Golden State back in back when they had the opportunity to draft Lamelo. Can Lamelo and Curry play together? I think if you're Charlotte, you just do your due diligence and figure out who is the best player available and you take him regardless because you're that bad. Yeah, then if agree. then if you're if you're Portland, if Brandon Miller falls to you, I think you just take him. Yep. If Scoot Henderson falls to you at number three, you have to either you're gonna have to see your your options because if someone wants to trade into the top three, I I can see Houston wanting Scoot Henderson. I could also see Orlando. They have two first round picks. They have the sixth pick and they have the eleventh pick. They could try to make, and they have other young players as well that they can send to Portland to move up to number three. If I'm Portland, I explore that. If you don't, if you feel like a Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller isn't going to be the guy to like pair next to Dame. However, however, if I'm Portland, I you still have the option of just taking best player available, regardless of what anyone else says, and then keep Dame, even if you take Scoot Henderson, keep Dame. And then by the deadline, see where your team is at. See what you do in free agency. See what you're able to do. Assess what you have on the team, and then you can make a, a conversation with them and get them on to, uh, get assets for him. If you rebuild around a Brandon Miller, a Scoot Henderson, and you still got guys like Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp, who they drafted last year, because they drafted Shaden Sharp last year, and he was a good contributor to their team last year. You could do the same thing here if you move down to the draft, either at number four, number five, or number six and eleven, because there are they have options. So that's why I think for me, like yes, San Antonio is the biggest winner here because they get Victor. But the second biggest winner, and if it, it, and outside of San Antonio, it is the Portland Trailblazers because yep. now they have options. They moved up two picks. They were originally the fifth pick. Now they're in the top three. They're in that coveted top three spot where there's the three best prospects in Miller, Henderson, and Wembanyama. You're gonna you're gonna strike on one of those two, and either you're gonna get one of those three guys to build around with your franchise and use as a piece going forward, or are you going to use them as a trade asset to have more depth and assets accumulated on your team? Because teams are going to either want Scoot or they're going to want Miller. Yeah, I definitely agree. That's why, yeah. So I, I, that's why I picked uh, Portland as the winner. And uh, I think uh, you go into the draft seeing, you know, because you're not sure what Charlotte will do. Pretty sure what San Antonio will do, but you're not sure what Charlotte will do. So you could uh, wait to see whether they pick Miller or Scoot. I think it would be folly for this for the Hornets to pass on Scoot, like you said, uh, for many reasons. Uh, not the least of which is the fact that Scoot is generally regarded as a player who would definitely be the number one pick had it not been for Victor Wembanyama. Oh, a hundred percent, yes. So I think that's I, I think that's more or less the thing. If if you're Charlotte and Portland. In Houston, I think even Detroit, like forget all these guys. Like if you're up in the lottery, like in the top five, whatever you, I, I'm always best, yeah. best player available is what I always say. Don't look at fit. I always say take best player available. Yep. Because oftentimes you see a lottery team 
saying, oh, well, we need a wing or we need a th- we need three-point shooting. We need a point guard. We need a big. They draft a certain player and they miss out on the generational talent or a future all-star. And again, or- if, if let's say Scoot, let's say Charlotte does take Brandon Miller, Portland now, I think at the draft, would have a very good opportunity to say, take somebody like Scoot Maybe, you know, package and, and then make a package for somebody like Mikhail Bridges if you want to build that. You know, Mikhail Bridges would be a great fit alongside Dame. I think that'd be a perfect fit. Yeah. I think that that'd be a perfect fit. But if you're if, if you're Brooklyn, do you really take the chance on a Scoot? I think you take Scoot for because he's a number one pick level talent that you don't um, that you will probably not be getting the opportunity for since you don't have your own picks and Phoenix's picks incoming and Dallas's are not likely to be in that range. Um, and then you also have a glut of of incoming picks now for the next few years. And yes. you've got a lot of players who are perfect fits around uh, a young point guard like that in three and D guys, uh, whether it's, you know, starting from the top talent, Mikael Bridges, who they'd have to, you'd imagine, give up in a scoot trade, but then even guys like Cameron Johnson and Dorian Finney Smith and Royce O'Neal. And those are guys you can also flip to contending teams at the deadline or at the draft or anywhere in between uh and, and further build up a young roster i think you have you you would have to at least consider that trade very strongly if you're brooklyn and then let's say they get brandon miller instead and they want to make that trade that's also considerable because you know even even cameron johnson would be a great addition in portland so yes. you know i i think that i think that's to me the target if you're portland but like you said, they have a lot of optionality, so they could they could make deals with with teams further down in the draft. They can see if there's other teams, Minnesota with Towns or whoever else, right? Who who perhaps have a superstar and that's not working with them that they want to then pivot from. Yeah, 100. percent Okay, so last one here. I'm gonna do the final loser here, and it's not too big of a loser, but it's still a loser nonetheless because they moved from number two to number four, and that is the Houston Rockets. And the reason why is because just imagine you're originally in that top three. You're hoping to at least be in the top three because if yeah, they get at Victor, least get Brandon Miller, right? Yeah, because if if they get Victor, that you know generational talent right there. If they get Scoot, solves their point guard issues, you know? Yep. And then if they get Brandon Miller, solves their wing issues because they don't have that. So they could have used either of those three guys, and then they fall into number four. And they don't have currently, like, a player who you would consider, like, a shore franchise leader type player. They have a lot of good players, but mm-hmm. but nobody who who's, like, you know, they haven't quite hit that that franchise leader level of pick yet. Yeah. So this this could this would have given him that potential. Now they are one pick outside of that, like you said. Who would you say is their best player, Green? <sighs> yeah, I, I guess Jalen Green maybe, but he's so inefficient, inconsistent, and has defensive issues. It, it, it's a crapshoot, man. I mean, Shangun, but he doesn't have like that top level. You know, oh, Shangun is such a great player. He's a great player, but. You don't know if he has a top top level, you know, number one um, franchise player star potential either. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see that. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a small loser here because also they have draft capital. They have other pieces. Just to answer, I, I think I think it's probably Shangun at this point with with Green with the most potential. Yes, I agree with that. I like Shangun a little bit more than uh, than than Green. Uh, I'm not a big fan of him. I just he just kind of feels like. Someone that lacks fundamentals and it's only. I mean, it's up and down the roster with Kevin Porter Jr. and you know, it's just yeah. 
Yeah, they could have really used Scoot here instead of Kevin Porter Jr. playing point. That that experiment's not working out. Uh, but yeah, so I, I give them the final loser here in the six-star pick segment because, you know, that you fall out of the top three, even though it's not that much of a fall, you still fell out. Right. Uh, Detroit's still a bigger loser between them, but they have the draft capital. I could also see Detroit, Houston, and Orlando being teams to look out for in terms of trying to trade up with Portland because Portland is a team, like you said, if they want to continue to build with Dame, it, it, there's very rarely do you see a player that wants to actually stay with a franchise long term. The last player is the last players to do that was Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade, and he, he even he dipped for the Bulls for a cup of tea, went to Cleveland, and then came back to Miami. Dirk's the last one that I can remember that actually retired on their right. actual team and never left. So I, it's it's a rarity. And, and, and Orlando has has uh, pieces that are both young but still veteran enough that they they could help Portland. So yeah, they could certainly make that deal. They could easily they could easily like give up like uh, Wendell Carter Jr. If I was thinking feel. the same thing. I was thinking Wendell Carter Jr. because of his defensive capability and his switchability that he would mm-hmm. be a big help. You know, important. and then also on top of that is because they have the pending free agency of Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, yep. so you might want to replace that with him. Also, they have a, a bunch of wings as well on the team, so there's options, there's options for sure, especially. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I feel like if you're Portland, and you're number three, and you got Brandon Miller, you just take him, yeah, yeah. All right, man. Uh, enough NBA draft lottery. Let's talk about some teams that are actually still playing in the NBA. And last night we had game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Denver Nuggets and the LA Lakers. The rematch, a rematch of the bubbles. Uh, we're going to have uh, tonight, uh, as this episode is going to be dropping tonight, either before or after the Celtics Miami Heat game, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Quickly, before we get into the Lakers Nuggets stuff, Prediction, who wins game one, Heat or Celtics? Uh, man, this is such a weird... So again, the, the main takeaway here, I think, is that it's an exact rematch of the bubble, which has not happened Like for the same four teams to face each other in the conference finals just three years apart. I think the stat was... I, I might have gotten it from maybe Basketball Illuminati or Zach Wells podcast, where <laughs> the, the same thing hasn't happened, where the same four teams were in the conference finals, even within five years of facing each other mm-hmm. in like like 25 years or something like it, it's it's a very very rare occurrence for the exact same four teams to be back in the conference finals and you think about it that's including a time when lebron went to 10 straight conference finals with like the heat and cavaliers and the mm-hmm. warriors were repeatedly in there and yet you still didn't have the same four teams facing off over and over you know within that time frame so that's pretty cool this is a tough one to predict because again miami is an eight seed that seems extremely lacking i mean they don't even have their second best uh, a player, probably third best at least in Tyler Hero. Third um, best, third best. You third can't best just, with them offensively. Bam. I was thinking more on offensive. the offensive. Okay, okay, offensively yes. is well. offensively yes. Because offensive punch for them has been a real issue. Because Are you sure it's not Kyle Lowry now? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the point. Because most of the year Lowry was completely washed, and their normal guys who were you know at least three like able to play their 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 scheme of of. Uh, alternating defensive schemes and yet still shooting from the outside. We're not shooting. Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, these guys were not able to shoot all year long, and now they are. And and Eric Spolstra is pro- the best coach in the league. Uh, you know, they've made it. They've beaten the the Milwaukee Bucks. They've beaten the, the New York Knicks. They're in the conference finals again. And Jimmy Butler has been the best player in the playoffs from beginning to end, uh, you know, at least in the top three. 
I'd uh, give it a Jokic. I'd probably give it to Jokic too, but man, Jokic at least in the first round didn't have to do what Jimmy Butler did in the first round, you know, which is kind of like a, a tiebreaker to me. And that's that Jimmy, fair. Jimmy Butler had to play, you know, exceptional historic basketball to beat a number one seed, which Jokic was facing the number eight seeded Timberwolves. Um, so that's why I mean Butler's been. Butler's been awesome. You, you know what? Like Denver is the team now that's out of the four teams left that I would want to win it all. That that who I'm pulling for strongly. Okay. I love Jokic. I love their style of play. I love a lot of the players in their team. It's really cool to see Aaron that's... Gordon having found his spot in the league. Right. Um, all right. Yeah, uh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. So I think I think tonight's game I would go. I go Boston because of the overwhelming talent, but they're such frauds, man. Like they should have lost to Philly. Frankly, like, so I said, I want the Nuggets to win Mm -hmm. and I can't root for the heat, but if Jimmy Butler wins a championship, man, especially with this roster, that would be fucking amazing. And also I really hope that Jimmy Butler would just like at the championship as they give him the trophy, then just pull out like his old Chicago Bulls Jersey and just like take a shit on it right there on the floor. Like he should be allowed to like then fucking fling it at Jerry Jerry Reinsdorf. Like honestly. all right, well, I mean, you 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 mentioned that uh, you mentioned that you felt like Boston should have beat Philly. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm with you. I think Boston takes game one mostly just because they're at home and uh, they have the more overwhelming talents. But you had you had you had something to say about the 76ers. Why don't we get that out of the way now? Let's get it out of the way, man. The reason Boston is here is uh, after the reason I called them frauds is. They faced, okay, so you got to understand, the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, they went into the process 10 years ago now where they decided to trade their veterans and and try to accumulate as many picks as possible and build a contender out of that. It was kind of aborted prematurely uh, when the league forced them to fire Sam Hinkie and replace him with uh, Brian Colangelo. But, you know, you they've gone through so much. They've, they managed to still get generational talent out of that in Joel Embiid. They managed to get many picks squander many picks you know they managed to end up with bad luck with markel fultz and his weird shoulder injury they had to give up on that they made a great pick in mikhail bridges this is after hinky's gone they then made a and a great pick a guy who's a local philly local went to college in the area his mom worked for the 76ers and they decided to then make a trade with phoenix to get one more future low low draft pick and they traded him on draft night and it's come back to haunt them what a perfect fit he would have been Every single one of these years, even before he became the superstar, he what he he kind of seems to be. Speaking of Jimmy Butler, I thought they they made a terrible choice the, of keeping yes. him. Thank you. Not I told totally, him they had Jimmy Butler. That was their previous best team. They went to the seventh game against the team that then won the championship and the Raptors and lost on a miracle shot at the buzzer by Kawhi Leonard in Game Seven that had Embiid, you know, bawling and Marcus Gasol consoling him as the winner. Uh, they they went through all of this, man. They they they've gone through some crazy drama. They've been eliminated repeatedly in the second round. They've had injuries. They've had uh they've had a player who's fucking not only couldn't shoot, but then refused to even dunk or lay the ball up. Yeah, you know, in Ben Wonder Simmons, who <laughs> who's now completely forgotten how to play like any semblance of scoring basketball. He cannot score the ball at all since the game seven against Atlanta two years ago. They managed Crazy. to salvage that and get, yes, and over the hill, but still at least a player who can play and shoot and James Harden, you know, who was a scoring leader multiple years in a row, a former MVP who's known for doing mostly scoring, you know, and they lose Embiid. 
And you think they have, they already were kind of at a talent disadvantage against the Celtics. And, you know, they're, and with the Celtics having home court advantage, you think, well, they're done. James Harden, who looked again, not only over the hill, but almost like not playoff ready, you know, in the last few weeks of the regular season and the, the first, the first round, the game of his playoff life, dropping 45 and a step back game winner over Al Horford in game one to win a game in Boston in which they're missing their, the current league MVP, which these motherfuckers in Philadelphia have fucking cried about every fucking year for the last three years. They finally, the whole league was like, stop fucking crying. Here's your MVP, Joel Embiid. Yeah, you were, Jokic was probably a little bit better, but it's true that you guys are basically equal. By the way, I agreed. Uh, Joel Embiid was my MVP, and I think yeah. that you know I can discuss it at a later time. But I think there are reasons that you you give that MVP to Embiid over Jokic this year, even if Jokic might have been a little bit statistically better. So you got your MVP, you got everything you were fucking crying about, you know, for the last few years. You've gotten some shooters, you've gotten three point that you know uh, three and DP players. You got PJ Tucker and Daniel House. <laughs> you got Anthony Melton. Player. <laughs> well, which one? PJ Tucker was well, not a three. PJ Tucker player. was was fucking this is what I'm getting to. He looked like he, he fucking said he had a dead arm earlier in the year and he couldn't shoot the goddamn ball. He wasn't even taking layups. Well, the playoffs come around and PJ Tucker is like this is my fucking time and he starts, you know, shooting the ball again. Like okay, maybe he's not PJ Tucker from 4 years ago, but he's better than anything Philly's had, you know, other outside of Redick or 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 uh, Danny Green. So, yeah. you know, Philly, who's, again, their their main problem around Embiid has been the lack of shooting and the lack of, like, capable point guard play. They've solved that. They got Harden dropping 45 when Embiid misses a game. They, they, they can't fucking cry anymore. They got their goddamn MVP. Again, they've done been nothing but toxic on every fucking, like, fan forum, just whining and whining and crying about fucking Embiid deserving MVP. He's got his MVP. The whole organization's been crying about it for years now. Um, Daryl Morey, we'll get to him in a minute. We'll, we'll fucking get to this motherfucker in a minute. Who, by the way, I love and I wish the Bulls would have hired, but you got to stop. This is some loser shit. They win that game. They then lose the next two as, as Embiid comes back. But they pull it out, man. They, they have a, a, a great performance in game five in Boston again. They win with Harden again scoring over 40 and somehow coming through with two goddamn games, which he hadn't done in his playoff career up until now, even when he was MVP, pulled out two games for them. You now have game six at home against a team that went to the conference, fi the finals the last year was better than you. But you now have the advantage. You have home court. You have the MVP. You've got a deep full team, even guys like Daniel House, who you had signed who hadn't worked all year was now working. He was now playing the three and D role you signed him for. He was the Daniel house that you were expecting in the off season or regular season. And you got him for the playoffs. Like you can't, I'd much rather have this guy show up in the playoffs in the regular season. Same with PJ Tucker. Yeah. And their two best fucking players shit the goddamn bed, man, in game six. At home, you have a lead in the fourth quarter. Yes, a small lead, but you have a fourth quarter lead. And B doesn't touch the ball for five minutes. What the fuck are you doing, Doc Rivers? What the fuck are you doing, James Harden? And Harden, who made that game one happen because he finally went to the mid-range he abandoned uh, when he left OKC because he can't, he doesn't have the athleticism to score at the rim anymore or the outside, you know, spacing ability to shoot the three anymore at least not at the level he used to so he went to the mid-range game that he abandoned again in okc and you know was proving effective 
Well, he abandoned it again for some fucking reason. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. You're at home. Your role players have all fucking showed up. P.J. Tucker started shooting the ball. Daniel House is, is making plays in transition and on the defensive end. You know, everybody's playing their part. And B doesn't shoot the goddamn ball. You blow this game at home, and it looks like they don't give a shit. It looks like they think like, oh, that's okay. We have another game we can try in game seven. Well, if you're going to take that tack, by the way, game seven's in Boston. You knew that going into game six. You had a 3-2 fucking lead in a series in which you shouldn't, you, you were disadvantaged from the beginning and you miraculously pulled out a lead, you know, while disadvantaged. And then they go to Boston where every single fucking role player shows up. Like PJ Tucker had like 12 points in the first quarter or some shit. He hit like four three-pointers. Every role player, they're getting badly outplayed. By the way, in game six, I will go back to this. The re mm -hmm. other reason why that was such a failure is that Jason Tatum played like garbage in game six. Like he, he didn't show up till barely in the fourth quarter. And Al Horford, a guy who's killed you over and over and over, like was something like one of 13 from the field or something. He had a terrible game. That was your game to take. You go to game seven. And not only does Embiid, like you have to impose your physical dominance. He's so much bigger and stronger than everybody on Boston. He, he doesn't do that. He doesn't go to his, even his mid-range game. He's spooked by fucking ancient 39 fucking hundred year old <laughs> goddamn Al Horford. This motherfucker hasn't been like, he was a defensive level, a player of the year level player six fucking years ago, man. Since that time, <clears throat> Philly then signed him because he was so good against Embiid. He sucked in Philly. He went to OKC, sat out a year in OKC, went back to Boston, and he's so goddamn old and decrepit that he should be on the fucking coaching sideline. He's essentially not effective against anyone else, and he shut down the fucking MVP is too scared to shoot against him. I thought you cried and cried and cried about this fucking MVP award that you now have. And the guy disappeared in Game 7, man. They, didn't, they looked like they wanted no fucking part of it. Harden did not shoot in the fourth quarter, did not score in the fourth quarter in like games five, six, and seven. I mean, this is an embarrassment all around. And before game seven, this is why the Daryl Morey does this fucking loser shit that he fucking pulled when he was the GM of the of the Houston Rockets. And and they had lost, they played that seven game series against the Warriors. And, you know, they went like some horrendous percentage from three and, and lost that game. And then the next year, all they do in the playoffs, they fucking release these reports to the media of, oh, we got screwed on the officiating. It turns out that last year in the playoffs, we should have gotten these calls and fucking cry and cry and cry. Bitch, you're in the fucking playoffs now. That was last fucking year. This is loser shit, man. Like, you yeah. have a game to play now. What do they do before game seven? They leak a report saying, like, oh, they had, like, a double-digit missed calls versus the Celtics. You know, they had double-digit more missed calls in the game six. And that's, like, come on, dude. You got a guy, You got the fucking MVP. You're in a game seven. You had a three games to two lead. And you're fucking crying that you got less calls, like, correct in your favor in fucking game six where you shit the bed and your mvp didn't take a shot didn't in in the key five minute stretch that lost you the game in the fourth quarter i, I can't stand these motherfuckers man i love this team and i hate this fucking team like this is like straight <laughs> loser shit man i i don't know i i i'm so disappointed by what i saw out of philly this should have been a philly nothing was more set up for philly to finally have a chance to make it to the nba finals and once you're there anything can happen you know, and and Bede's defensive, you know, uh, edge over Jokic might have made the difference because there's how no way. Great, the Heat how great would it have been 
Embiid Jokic, right? Embiid Jokic in the finals, the two best centers in the NBA. I was so juiced for it, man. I was so I was so ready for it. Once they had that, once they won that game one in in Boston without Embiid, everything was set up so well for them. But their fraud coach, who fucking hasn't has won one championship with the stack team, has has lost. Dude, dude, don't even get me started on fucking Doc Rivers because he gets lauded as this like great. He was named as one of the top twenty coaches in NBA. He's not on what fucking level? He wasn't. He and he's not. He won that one championship in 08. He had a really good coaching staff. Shout out to Thibs, helped with that defensive scheme. He had three fucking all stars. Towards Hall the famers. end of their Hall of, Hall famers, of famers, not at the end of their primes, but still like towards the peak yeah. tail end of their primes. Ray Allen was still probably the best shooter in the NBA. Garnett, Garnett was, was defensive ang- player of the year yeah. level, basically defensive player of the year level. He had won the MVP a, few, a year or two prior to that, so he was one of the best players in the NBA. They had a go-to kind of guy in Paul Pierce, and they had a, a good enough role player system. They had a great they, role player. They had fucking Rondo, and they Rondo had, uh, was probably look. Say what you will about Rondo. And I but, hated him, but he was one of the best point guards in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Derek, to this day, Derek has d- did one of those barbershop podcast interviews where he said his toughest cover was Rondo because yeah. you had to guard him not when he had not only when he think he was going to score because he could like dish it off and do other things. He was like, so shifty. He was thinking three moves ahead. He was such a great passer. He was great in transition on defense. Like, I loved him in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, as much as I hated him, like I did hate him, but yeah, he was even great <laughs> as a veteran leader in Chicago. Yeah, and sure. and yeah, no, they they had a stacked team. He then lost a game seven, and then has been crying about it ever fucking since. Like this is this is what I mean, man. They're just filled with fucking crying losers now in Philadelphia. With uh, Doc Rivers constantly well, Doc's crying gone. about Doc's gone. <laughs> Doc, yeah, thankfully Doc is gone now, so maybe they they lost some of that loser energy. But uh, Maury and his fucking crying shit. Like you're yeah. one of the best GMs in the game, man. Why, why are you constantly fucking whining and crying about everything all the goddamn time? Like speaking of loser energy, there these two final things I'm gonna add to your rant, and then we can finally talk about the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, the teams that are actually still playing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, loser energy to James Harden because reports are coming out that he's eyeing the Phoenix Suns. Get the fuck out of here, eyeing. <laughs> I actually think do? I hope he does go because I reunited with no, Durant. No, you know, no, no. Go, go. go. No, Get him and Durant out. have beef. I want them to continue having their beef. Let them have their beef. This beef is what I Russell want. be a free agent too. <laughs> <laughs> Reunite everyone with Booker. Yeah, Jeff Green, oh. man, everybody. Jeff Green, yeah. Shout out to Jeff Green, man. We'll talk about him in the Nuggets game because yeah. he was actually subbed He's in for playing. Aaron Gordon towards the end to shoot some yeah. threes because I think the Lakers found something in that second half that's going to be a key in that game too. And then the big, the the last loser energy is coming from Joel Embiid. Dude, this quote, this quote man. saying, "Oh my God, so so disappointed to hear this from him." He's out here saying, "This is a five on five team sports. There's only so much James and James and I can do." Dude, Get James and you out. didn't do any fucking thing. You That's why you lost the fucking game. You two motherfuckers didn't fucking do anything. Like. Again, PJ Tucker does not look like he can even run up and down the fucking court, and the, and he did his goddamn job and hit his threes and and played his defense and got his his steals and takeaways and rebounds. You didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. uh, that's so. And and I I have been. I think I've talked on this podcast before about how much I love Joel Embiid and how great he is to watch. And this type of shit, man. 
I mean, this is six years in a row they've lost in the second round. I forget how, I think the third game seven they've lost in that time frame with two different coaches, multiple, like you went from Ben, like Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler to Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris to now James Harden and you have Doc Rivers and you got like, come on, Joel, like. I think this their is a best game. team was that um, that team with Jimmy Butler. That Wait, why was the it their best team? Because they had Jimmy Butler. That, that goddamn right. It was their best team because of Jimmy Butler. Like, it wasn't because of anybody on Philly now or since. <sighs> Anyways. Well, it's, it's frustrating, man. And and if, if you're wondering why I'm so mad at Philly, it's because I like them, man. I've been following <laughs> that team for years. And to see them do this is so disheartening. It's so disappointing. I, I this is this is one of the most like crushing defeats I I, I can remember for a team because it, everything it's not it's like this was their chance. They've had so many coming up to now, and you can't see a better opportunity because they can't get like Harden is so old and they can't add another star and Simmons didn't work out and they already traded away uh, Mikhail Bridges and you know like all of this shit at this point. I don't know where they're going to go from here. At least they yeah. fired Doc Rivers, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's like like we said, let's let's talk about some teams that are still in the playoff hunt. Yep. Western Conference Finals game 1, LA Lakers versus Denver Nuggets. Hell of a comeback mounted by the Lakers there. I'm going to say this, I need this to be a 7-game series and I think it's going to have to be a 7-game series for the Lakers to come out as a victor. I was going to say I think I I needed to be 6 because I don't know if the Nuggets can win game 7 against when LeBron is fully focused and AD if yeah. he goes up can dominate. I mean, so, Anthony Davis had dropped 40 plus points on an efficient shooting in this game and he's a footnote to his opposing counterpart in Denver in Jokic who so, had Yeah. So like, let let's talk about it. So in this, the game started off hot for the Nuggets side of things, they punched LA in the mouth. They took it. They they were wounded. They were beaten. Halftime came around. They came back and they started to make a little bit of a comeback. It it, it kept being like a small. They thing. were barely scratching away at it. It was the end of that third quarter when they finally cut it to like eleven, I think eleven or nine. They got but... it to like eight, like nine points, and then it went back. And it, and to it was 11. bit they kept by going bit. Back they just forth. kept kind of getting to the they free throw line. Chipping and, at it, chipping yeah, at it, back like and one forth. one point here, two, but you went from like a 16-point lead to like a 14, and then stayed there, then down to 13, then down to 12, and next thing you know, they're within single digits. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think they found something in that second half. To like, look, honestly, they said it on commentary, the, uh, the commentators did at the end of that game. I think at the end of this game, it's the Denver Nuggets that are going to be looking hard at what they're going to do next to counteract the Lakers as opposed to the other way around, even though the Lakers were the team that lost. Because I feel in that second half, especially towards the end of that third, going into that fourth, they found something. Rui Hachimura is a big boy, and he's out here like, get, like at least holding Jokic enough to the point where it allows Anthony Davis to be a roamer and someone that can protect the rim, which is where he thrives and excels at. Which is why this series, yeah, Anthony Davis basically bubble, stopped the Warriors from even attempting shots in the paint, like for multiple yes. halves, you know, of yes. that series. So, well, here's where I, I understand what everybody's saying, and yes, Rui Hachimura did a great job and was mm -hmm. a big reason why LA mounted that comeback. I think that if LA thinks they found something, they are sorely mistaken if that's what they think they found. I think Jokic will pick. Rui Hachimura apart if they try this again. Um, he will, 
he will have his array of little floaters and jump shots. Rihachimura can do nothing to stop that. He can stop him from backing down if he's strong enough, if mm -hmm. he gives, brings full attention. Jokic doesn't need to back down, man. He's just going to turn and flip that shot in from 10, 15 feet. Well, that, that's the thing about Jokic is that I've seen him be a passive type of player. He is, so. but but I think that's changed a little bit in this playoffs because he even scored, what was it, like 50 or 45, again, in that game in Phoenix where, where Devin Booker and KD didn't miss and they won that game, but Jokic dropped like 50 in it. Like, I think he's now at the point in his career where he realizes sometimes, sometimes, he has to be the one to just take it. The the thing that's going to – look, I'm not even looking at Jokic in game two. I'm looking at Aaron Gordon. He needs to make shots because yeah, that the definitely. reason they were able to do this is, is they, because yep. they put Davis on, on Aaron Gordon and essentially he was playing the zone. He was roaming around, protecting the rim, like deterring and making it – difficult for you and I, I think the, the nuggets got i think the nuggets got they missed a couple shots and they got shaky like they they yes. then like let that build and they, they were kind of afraid to shoot other than um murray and they they weren't having the the aggressive cutting and screening that they normally do to open themselves up for shooters because like you said aaron gordon's a key man he has to play and score yeah, to to force you know he only uh, had 12 points three rebounds and three assists in 36 minutes of play which i think worked out because everybody was hitting their shots in the first half like kcp was hitting his shots oh my Chris god the, sh the shot that murray and Jokic <laughs> yeah. both hit Jokic's just shot at the end of that quarter at the end of the third quarter man that was ludicrous the one that murray hit on lebron even lebron yeah. just kind of gave him props it was like yeah no that's AD, AD looked at Jokic. oh it was halftime Eddie looked at Jokic and just kind of shook his head and just stared at him laughing that was like insane he had the ball by his hip and just kind of flung it up from deep three point with ad in his face and just nothing but net and <laughs> that was amazing i think you're right um Jokic has to be more aggressive and i think uh i don't think this will come in play until they're in la I think that the when they're in LA, the Nuggets, some of the Nuggets role players aren't going to shoot this way on mm -hmm. the road in, in the hostile crowd. And I saw Jokic pass up multiple, multiple wide open threes when the Nuggets played in Phoenix in games four and five, uh, and, or three and four, whatever that games that, those were. Uh, yeah, games three and four uh, when Phoenix tied it. And I think he can't do that. Like this is the conference no. finals when they're in LA. If, if the other guys aren't hitting and, and he gets the ball at the three point line, he can't keep handing it back to Jamal Murray. He's got to take that three pointer, man. He has to be aggressive. And I think that's the key. Look, forget LeBron James, Anthony Davis, or anyone else that's on this court playing. It's Jokic. He's going to determine who wins this series. If yeah. he's aggressive and dominant, like he can be, like he was with Phoenix, yeah, he was tonight as last night, I should say. Yeah, yeah. He ended up the game with 34 points, 21 rebounds, and 14 assists. He almost had Insane. 15 assists. Yeah, he had 11 11 rebounds. I think yeah. at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, dude. He, I think he had a dozen. I think he had a dozen rebounds in one goddamn quarter. Like he was yeah. on pace for a 40 40 game. Yeah, insane. It was crazy. And then the other matchup, which I, I love that this has become like the key matchup, is Anthony Davis versus Jokic. Because Anthony Davis did not skip a beat too. He had 40 dude, he points, was 10 awesome. rebounds. Three assists, and he was a menace at the rim. Like a menace on defense, and like and like I said earlier, like that's kind of a footnote because Jokic played so well, but Davis was amazing. AD oh, yeah. was per was great. Like he was everything you want AD to be. A hundred percent, and I'm glad he showed up in a road game too because I feel like that's usually where he struggles. Like if he is on the road, and I was really worried about this game one 
or game two, just like the road games in Denver, is Anthony Davis because he's a guy. We were giving shit to Joel Embiid, but he's a guy like Joel that can't sulk. If right. things aren't going his way, he he could just have an off night. He could just disappear like like Joel Embiid and James Harden did, and we can't have him disappear. Yeah, you can't have AD sulk at all. Like, yeah. Um, LeBron tried to took uh, took uh, control of things towards the end. He almost see ended that's up with a where no, that's what I think LA actually found is you got to have LeBron in the in the in the lower paint, lower block area, and ca- that causes so many problems for Denver. Yes, he's so big. He's such a good passer. Can screen. He can switch. He can. There. I mean, there's and if you switch on a LeBron, he's gonna punish that dude like going to the one hundred percent. He almost ended up with a triple double. He had twenty six points, nine assists, twelve yeah. rebounds. He played a very good game. So um, I think that's what Denver's got to keep it up. You can't play one half of great basketball again. They're going to lose if they do that. They have to keep it up and they have to pour the pressure on. They have to tire LeBron out so he mm-hmm. can't bring it in the fourth quarter. And they have to make sure Anthony Davis, like they have to make him keep working and keep working and keep working on defense. Move the ball, move the ball, move the ball. Make him run back and forth. And Yoke can yeah. just be, stay aggressive. KCP, like I said, he 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 was playing great. He had you know, that's a points. cool footnote to this actually too. Is yeah, the last time former teams, Laker. Yeah, the last time these teams played each other, several players were actually on the opposite team. Contavious Caldwell Pope was a key member, a starter on the Lakers bubble championship team, mm-hmm. and then Jared Vanderbilt and uh, the guy who's currently not playing, but like is a great shooter and could uh, you know play at any moment. Um, uh, Sorry, B. Beasley, Malik Beasley is yeah. uh, is on the. Both of Dale's guys were on Denver at the time. Eventually went to Minnesota in the next in the off season. Malik but at that Be- time they were in Denver and they're now in the Lakers. Malik Beasley just he can't play any sort of defense and he just isn't scoring on offense. Here's the thing with Malik Beasley: you have three guys. Well, technically four guys right now that are playing better than him are and have better performances in the But playoff. if any of them regress, like if Lonnie Walker can't bring yeah. it, like you can yeah. easily I mean, see Malik Beasley having the same impact in a game. And that's the thing, because right now, I'm looking at three guys right now on this stat sheet. Dennis Schroeder, D'Angelo Russell, and Lonnie Walker. They had six, eight, and six points respectively. Dennis played 32 minutes. D'Angelo played 26. Lonnie played 20. Yep. Um, unfortunately, it's like they're not getting enough from, from them, but Dennis Schroeder could have a good game. Dude, I think Lonnie Schroeder, Walker could Dennis have a Schroeder good game. Dennis has been amazing in these playoffs. I think he's. I think he's been better than D'Angelo. Uh, oh, he's definitely been better than D'Angelo because his defense isn't a sieve. He's actually a difference maker on defense, and his fucking foul grifting bullshit that I hate actually works. And you know, <laughs> he's constantly pulling people down on top of himself for like fucking hitting a screen and fl- like spinning sideways. On um, top of that. I don't know if you've seen some of these plays where he's directing traffic. He doesn't even have the ball. No, he's, he's, he's been great. He's directing traffic. And yeah. what people forget is that Dennis Schroeder was on the championship winning team. So Exactly. He, he was then offered a four-year, $80 million contract. Re- refused million. it. He had, went, to, went to Boston so you might for the mid-level, like and now he's back. He's a $87 million player yeah, now. Exactly. So. <laughs> All right. But it worked out for the Lakers. Uh, so, yeah, they actually have three guys from that championship uh, team in Schroeder, LeBron, and Davis. Yep. And I just want to shout out Austin Reeves because this guy continues to impress. It's amazing how well he continues to play for how inexperienced I hope he gets the biggest bag he can this he's summer. going to man that dude has earned himself some money yes. and he should um, now that he can look over at Schroeder he should remember to grab that bag and not let it slip like Schroeder yeah, did yeah. perfect example right there yeah. and so, so so the thing here is 
you were talking about the the Denver Nuggets role players and how that's your concern. What you're going to be looking in Game Three and Four when they're in LA, yeah, because they're not going to shoot the way they did in Denver. However, I feel like that's an advantage for the Lakers because I don't think you can say that about the Lakers players. They're going to show up or not show up regardless of the location. Austin Reeves showed up. Yeah, he he arguably was one of, if not the main reason offensively, why they made that comeback and were able to get it within two and uh, within three points at one point. Yeah, absolutely. He, that that pick and roll with between him and LeBron, where he kept getting open in the in the top of the key, like uh, in the corner. Uh, and then when he hit those like three consecutive three pointers or whatever, from yes, the, like yeah, he ended up with twenty three points, eight assists, two rebounds. He played the most minutes aside from Anthony Davis at forty two. No, and... he's been as consistent as a core player. Like he hasn't done the normal role player thing throughout the playoffs of no. shooting well at home but not on the road. Or we're seeing the rise of uh, Austin Reeves. Yeah, he's been remarkably consistently great no matter what the situation is for the for the la lakers yeah for sure man so yeah like i said so i think again if you see the if you if you see the lakers go with this Rui, which i think you will on Jokic thing at most i see it working for a game i think Jokic is going to pick that apart and he has to he has to he has the absolute capability to um and i think he will pick that apart and i think this series will more turn on um, whether AD is going to be what AD was tonight every night, and if LeBron, mm-hmm. if they do, if the Lakers do are able to kind of go through LeBron in the mid post area for more of their offense, mm-hmm. whether he's screening or getting the ball and passing or or posting up and on a switch and, and taking the guy down low, I think the it shifts more on that. Um, that's where their advantages are. Aaron Gordon has to be better. He's got to yes. be than he was. I mean, he was good, but again, in the second half, it, it wasn't the same. So he's got to bring more, and he's gonna. The more is gonna be needed from him. I think, I think Denver can still take game two and hold home court if Jokic stays aggressive. Because I don't think the Rui on Jokic thing is a legitimate mm-hmm. uh, advantage. That, no, that it's it's not an advantage. It just it's it allows AD to like not have to guard Jokic every right. single possession, and I think you can get away with that a, a few stretches. And I think you just kind of have to like play play it by feel how Jokic is. If you see that he's a little passive, then yeah, go with that. You might just give him exactly. multiple looks. If I'm Jokic, if if I'm the Lakers. If I'm Darvin Ham, I give him multiple looks. You start him with Rui. You give him a little Vanderbilt action. You give him some Anthony Davis. Maybe even some LeBron James. Just, like, throw him off a little bit. Yeah, LeBron but, can definitely play Jokic in the post. It just takes a lot of a LeBron, especially. Yeah, and, and that's the thing I don't want to happen. Because if you're the Lakers, you really desperately need LeBron at his best at Exactly. The end. And that's why Jokic can't let Rui Hachimura guard him. He can't let it. Uh, happen and i'm kind of betting on that this is this is uh the this is a different Jokic, and he's not going to so all right we'll see, we'll see uh so happens. quick prediction here just quickly based on what we saw in game one and nothing else who wins game two i think denver takes game two because i think the lakers do go with Rui, and i'm betting i'm hoping and betting that Jokic doesn't take a game to kind of like settle into it he he i, I i'm betting he doesn't let that happen for more than a quarter all right and i'm actually on the opposite side of the spectrum i'm actually betting that Jokic is actually going to use game two as a feel out game to see how i'm afraid of that happening but I'm, I'm i think that's exactly that. what's going to happen because they got game one and i think they're confident in their ability to like they think they're just going to play a feel out game if they win they win if not they 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 have a split going to la but i, I don't think that's like that's not 
that's not yeah, ideal for that'd them. That'd be a big mistake for them. That'd be a huge mistake because I can, like all the Lakers really need to do is win game or game one or two. Oh, yeah. If they give if they win a game in Denver, man, oh boy, that's it's tough. Be it's it's tough yeah. for it's it's tough for the Nuggets. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna predict Lakers get game two because I think they found something and I, I just have a little bit more faith in the Lakers than I do with the Denver Nuggets. I have to give it up to Darvin Ham, man. He's been put through, you know, the playoffs are a hell of a thing, and he's been put through the playoff crucible coaching-wise. It's, yes. it's a steep learning curve, the type of adjustments and game-to-game changes and quarter-to-quarter changes you have to make and your flexibility and, and like, backup plans to backup plans. And he's, they, he's guided the Lakers through fucking Memphis Grizzlies, a tough out <laughs> through the defending champion, uh, Golden State Warriors with yeah. Steph, you know, on his game up until the last game. And yeah, he's gonna, um, he's, he's really proven himself, uh, his coaching chops here. He's done a great job. Yeah. Shout out to Darvin Ham. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap yeah. things up. You know, I think we talked about everything we want to cover. We want to do like some other, like catch up on s- some other NBA stuff, but I think this is a good place. Definitely. Um, I'll, I'll end things with this final question, and uh, we don't actually have to get into details. We just like we don't even have to give like like reasonings aside from like personal preferences. Let's let's power rank the teams we want to see win the championship from one through four. One being the one we want to see the most, and for the team we want to see win the title the least. All right. Uh, so kick uh, things off, Bosh, or do you want me to go first? I can go uh, first. I'll kick it off. I already said mine, so I'll say it again. Uh, Denver, definitely. I want to see Jokic, you know, establish his place among the elite. Mm-hmm. I want to see that that city get a championship for the first time, especially an NBA championship at least. And a lot of those world players, Aaron Gordon and Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Bruce Brown. And I, I, I really like these guys. I like that team. I like their coach, Michael Malone, who never should have been fired from Sacramento in the first place. Oh, man. Like, yeah, no, I I really like Denver. I like the way they play. I love Jokic. I think he's constantly uh, catching unneeded arrows from the uh, basketball community. And I'd love to see him. He gets so much flack. Yeah, he he always catches a lot of strays from people. One of the Uh, best, most entertaining players to watch. 100%. Okay. Uh, They're not my number one, but they're... They're, they're not the last one. My number one is actually the LA Lakers. And, <laughs> uh, and it's for the, for the simple reason that, look, I just, I always hated the narrative. And, like, I'm not sure. Where I know where you're going with this. Yeah, go ahead. I I, I, I I don't know where you stood on, on this subject, but I hated the narrative that it was a Mickey Mouse championship in the bubble. That was, so, sorry, such bullshit. Such bullshit, dude. That was a great, that, that was some of the best basketball yeah, I've yeah, ever it was, seen played. If anything, it was, it was great the basketball. bubble championship was more impressive. Because everybody, because of the circumstance, they dude, were all everybody was to the playing same. all out. Every role player, I that was the best basketball I've watched. Like the yeah. bubble was awesome. Yeah, I, it was great basketball. I, I don't know who the hell. It's not like the lockout year where they were like, oh, teams are playing shitty basketball or whatever. No, mm-hmm. th- these were teams right. playing at their height. That previous Nuggets Lakers matchup, the one where Jokic hit that game winner and then AD then hit the game winner. Like after that, like that AD game winner, like is still to me one of my favorite plays of the Lakers run. That whole playoff, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, so I'm rooting for the Lakers number one because. As time has gone, yeah. Let's gone put on, this bullshit to bed, man. That yeah. bubble shit was yeah. Legit. So that that's number one is because I want them to win this championship. Also, too, you know, I I, I want LeBron to be able to get a, a a fifth championship. I want him to get above that number four chip and just get into that Kobe spectrum. Because like, 
we're gonna argue semantics here. We're gonna argue like personal preferences, but he is arguably one of the best players in the world, and he has won me over through time. I liked him in Cleveland, even though he did beat the Bulls twice. And then um, when he got to Miami, I was not a fan of the Miami Heat teams. I didn't want to support them, but I was already a Miami Heat fan prior to that. He went to Cleveland, so I was rooting for them, especially especially after they lost the first one. I was rooting for the Warriors in 2015. Then I was rooting for the Lakers in 2016. Um, after that, when he came over to LA, I was rooting for them. So, and then I've because of Kobe Bryant, I just kind of became a Lakers fan as like an alternate team. So, like it goes the Chicago Bulls, the Sacramento Kings, the LA Lakers, and Miami Heat. Those are my four my four teams that I always root for, no matter what. Um, and I, you know, so so LeBron James, Anthony Davis, I'm, I'm rooting for them, you know. And shout out to Austin Reeves, you know. There's so many guys on there that I just kind of root for them, and I want them to succeed. So for that, that's the main reason. I'll go with my number two, and then we'll do serpentine. Yeah, style. go for it. The second team I want to see win this championship the most would be the Denver Nuggets because they have been the best team throughout the season from very game one. From the preseason game yeah. one to game eighty two, Jokic does not get the respect he deserves. Yeah, and, not at all. And I hated, I hated the whole whining about like the whole Joel Embiid. Oh, right. Jokic shouldn't be a three time MVP. LeBron never did it. Curry never did it. Shaq never did it. Jordan never did it. Yeah, I think that Curry. argument's stupid. Like if 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 the guy is the clear MVP every year, then he's the clear MVP. Every every single time we have conversations now, how LeBron should have won more MVPs. Jordan should have won more MVPs. Kobe should have won more MVPs. It's like, like it, it, it is what it is. You were arguing like uh, no. Yeah, one's I be mean, able yeah, to like in the oh, at the end of the like, yeah. Do you think they should have won more MVPs? Sure, but Nash deserved that fucking MVP, and people forget that he changed the goddamn NBA. Yeah, and like what he did in Phoenix, Nash was a legit MVP. All this bullshit talk about it later, you don't, don't realize how. I think one of those should have been Kobe's, but that's neither here. Nor I there. still, I still don't. I still think. I mean, the second one, I you can argue, but yeah. I think I think he was even better that second year, and people forget that Amari Stoudemire missed that second year, and that's why Nash got that MVP. In that's year true. Two. That's true. So, so that, that's why I think he's still like uh, yeah. so. Nash Rose was a legit MVP. Like I, I hate all this talk about oh, like you don't you know people are discounting narrative and context. Context matters. Like yeah. the situation in which Rose was in and Nash, like all of that matters. And that's why, yeah. And uh, like Jokic has been a legitimate MVP each of the past three seasons. The only reason I wanted to give it to Embiid this year was because it's not like Jokic was head and shoulders above everybody. Right. Embiid was right behind him each of these past three years, like mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So I think when you look back at the history of the NBA, it wouldn't be. To look at it and see Jokic's three straight MVPs, you're like, oh, he's the clear best, like dominant and regular season force with nobody else, you know, in contention would be a wrong way to portray it. Because mm-hmm. I think Embiid was right there. If Embiid wasn't like essentially statistically nearly equivalent, I would have given I would say Jokic should win three straight. Right. I just think that Embiid should get at least one, seeing that these two were basically I, I would have given it to Joel last year and then I yeah. would have given it to Jokic this Same. year. How I would have done it Same. ideally. But since yeah. he didn't, like yeah. you know, I, I was with Embiid getting because yeah. I think again when you look back at the history, you want to say that these two were the two dominant regular season forces. A hundred percent. And so. Uh, so yeah, going back to my pick, it, it's for that reason. Uh Jokic is the best player in these playoffs, in my personal opinion. 
And then you got guys like a Michael Porter Jr. who I wanted the Bulls to draft, even though they yeah. didn't take. Well, because he fell all the way to like eleven. Yeah. Um, yeah. He no, he fell all the way to like fourteen. Oh, you're right. Because I think the Bulls had eleven or something. No, we had. Yeah. I think we had seven because we took Wendell. And didn't I told we you second, we were. We had a second pick that year, didn't we? we Maybe had I'm a, wrong. Yeah. yeah, I think it might have been like towards the end of the draft. But yeah, yeah. regardless, you know, Aaron Gordon. I've I've liked Aaron Gordon uh, like in Orlando. I've liked. I like to see his career. I thought he should have won at least one dunk contest, especially the one. Oh, he no, he he got robbed. I, honestly, I love Zach Levine. I loved him more. I loved him from the draft. He's who I wanted the Bulls to draft. That really? year they, they made the trade for McDermott. Yeah, I thought they were making the trade to get Zach Levine, and then they drafted McDermott, and I was pissed. But uh, I loved Zach Levine Neither the entire time. That. In Minnesota, yeah. I loved him. With Tibbs, I liked all of that. And and I loved it when he put on the Space Jam jersey and did the, free, the, the, the Jordan dunk. All of that. But... Gordon should have won that contest. I, like, the one he should have won, I think he, I think he got robbed. I think it was against Dwayne Wade. Jr. Yeah, yeah, Dwayne Wade. That's the one he should have won. And but no, even he, against Zach, the one where he did the sitting thing, where he grabbed the ball like off yeah. the mascot, like that was ridiculous, man. It was, it was ridiculous. But you know what? Like, but that the greatest dunk contest, you know, since for I'm sure, for sure. So, so that's why I go Nuggets. Who are you guys your second? So my second like is tough uh, because in reality, I hate all of these teams and I don't want any of them to win. <laughs> um, other than Denver, like I hate Boston, I hate Miami, and I hate, uh, I'm sorry, I, I hate the Lakers too. I was a Kobe fan, not an LA fan. Oh, minute, I understand, I understand. The minute Kobe's out of there, I fuck the Lakers, I, I can't stand them, and um, and especially as like the LA and all of that, like pomp and circumstance and premier franchise shit. I hate all of that. Uh, so, no, I don't want them to get it. I do respect LeBron. He won me over in 2016 after beating the greatest team of all time, second greatest team, whatever, and coming in from 3-1 to do it. And then yeah. what he did after that in the playoffs where he was like this dominant force forcing the Cavs into the finals on like a what he shouldn't. Anyway, respect all of that. But I hate you guys. I don't want you to win. <laughs> so my second pick is going to have to be for pure spite, the Miami Heat. Again, yeah. I want Jimmy Butler to win. I want him to take out his old Bulls jersey and take a shit on it on the podium. And I want him to say, fuck Jerry Reinsdorf and throw the jersey at the camera at least. Uh, uh, I want the Bulls to be more embarrassed. Uh, this organization is trash and mm -hmm. uh, from top to bottom. Fuck them. Uh, and yes, I'm going to buy in and I'll be back and excited about them again next year because <laughs> is disease. sports yeah. are a disease. Nobody should watch them. Go do something more productive with your lives. Exactly. Um, uh, and yeah, that's why Miami heat number two. Okay. I'll piggyback with you there. And they're my number three for similar reasons. So I've, I've been Miami heat fan ever since Dwayne Wade. Cause he was one of my favorite players prior to Derek Rose joining the league. Yeah. So then there, that 06 championship, I liked them. I liked Shaq back then. I, I did like, like I did like them in the 06. I, I wanted Dirk to win, but I wanted Wade. To, I was happy Wade got a chance. I yeah. loved Wade. I love yeah. Wade. I, I love Dwayne. He's one of my favorite Should players. Should have got an MVP, time. in my opinion, man. At one, uh, I, it was 08 or 09, one of LeBron's years, because Wade dragged this like sad 08, I think it was. I think like, it was. No, because I think 08 was the year that Kobe got it. Because Kobe won. No, you're MVP right. Oh nine. I think it was oh oh nine and oh ten. So it was oh yeah. nine and the way should have won the MVP. But yeah. yeah. So the the Miami Heat for that reason. So I kind of became a Heat fan because of Dwayne Wade. When the big three, the Heatos joined up, I wasn't right. rooting for them because not because I hated them because I still like. Well, they were the Bulls rival too. So they were the Bulls rival. But even if they weren't the Bulls rival, they had Chris Bosh, LeBron James, Ray Allen, Dwayne Wade at at one point. All. Top 10 players, in my opinion, in terms of my favorite players of all time. But I couldn't root for them because of 
like the super team thing. Yeah. I didn't want I didn't want to be a bandwagoner and be seen as a Heat bandwagoner. So I took a break from the Miami Heat for six for four years while LeBron was there. After he left, I was able to be a Heat fan again. I was rooting for them when they were in the bubble. I was rooting for them. I was very excited. No, I was pretty heat. happy that in the bubble that when they went to the it was final, it was, was Heat awesome. it was Heat Lakers. I was not because let's be real. I, I definitely hate Boston more. So <laughs> talk about Boston. We'll talk about Boston. But yeah. So and then Jimmy Butler, I've loved them ever since he was in Chicago. I look, I don't think he was the issue in Chicago. I think management was the issues in Chicago. I think the issue became when Dwayne Wade came to Chicago and he yeah, kind of was recruiting definitely. Jimmy Butler over nah, to Miami. He totally corrupted Jimmy Butler, man. He Him totally, and, uh, he totally. Yeah, he look, I know we just sang his praises, but he did corrupt. Jimmy you know, Butler. Jimmy Butler though, with his cough plan again, if the Heat win the championship, I hope. All right, he's not going to take a shit on the podium. This is all very, you know, disgusting and, and vulgar. But uh, you know what? He should be allowed to to coffee board Jerry Reinsdorf, waterboard him with, you know, Jimmy Butler's new, you know, personal brand of coffee, and yes. just fucking waterboard Jerry Reinsdorf yeah. with that shit. Uh, it's it's embarrassing uh, for the Bulls to have like had such a talent on their roster and done nothing with him. Yeah. Uh, so so that's why, just because I want Jimmy Butler, he's one of those players in the NBA. Along I mean, with guys like Damian, two finals would be just amazing. Yeah. So uh, Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard, and Demar Derozan are three of the the top players in the entire NBA that are really want desperately to win the championship before they retire. Oh, Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose, they're my Mount Rushmore players. Yeah. I want them to win the championship. If Melo comes back and gets signed to a ten day contract, I want him to get a championship. Too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Miami Heat number three. Who's your number three? Uh. Let's see. My hate for Boston, I think, is going to have to be greater than my hate for LA. At least LA has Anthony Davis. At least LA is not, you know, full of frauds and uh, people I just don't like. So <laughs> I'm going to have to go with LA. And at least LeBron James is at least the second greatest player of all time. If you know, so I will uh, yeah. at least be able to respect him for winning right. five straight. So fair enough. Five okay, for five championships. So. So we, we're pretty similar. You have you have Denver number one. I have LA number one. You have uh you have Miami, Miami number two. I have Denver number two. I have Miami number three. You have LA number three. We're both yeah. in agreement. We don't want to see the Boston Celtics. No, fuck the Boston fuck, Celtics. Fuck no Celtics. fucking way. I don't want to hear it. Fuck their fans. Fuck their organization. I hate that team. Uh, and yeah, no, no, no Boston Celtics. Don't want it. Yeah, on that note, uh, fuck Boston, <laughs> yes. fuck Orlando, fuck Dallas, yeah. uh, fuck San Antonio. Oh yeah, my, fuck I, Philly. I'm, I'm really glad. Thank you, Vince. I got my my fuck Greg Popovich and fuck San Antonio rant and my <laughs> fuck Philly rant out of the way. Um, before we sign off, Bosh, uh, you want to plug your socials or ch- I do. I, well, I've got some upcoming projects that are actually finally kind of underway again. Hopefully, uh, I'll plug them once they're more further along because I've had some uh, stuff I'm po- I'm going to post on Instagram that um, you know I've been going through health wise and stuff. So, luckily, that seems to be in the past, and I can get moving on some of my projects. I will plug once again Shycare, C H I dash C A R E dot org because. Um, we've been the organization's been been going out to the, we've had an influx of of migrants. Uh, it's been in the news. Everybody knows there's buses of, of southern states and particularly some states dropping off uh, asylum seekers and immigrants just into Chicago and in random places, and just leaving them on the street or in front of police stations. Yeah. There's now, uh, I think, 40 police uh, stations in the city that simply have. Um, um, uh, migrants, uh, immigrants, uh, sleeping, whole families, children in the lobbies 
um, they're being dropped off with no resources, not being told nothing and just dropped off in front and left there. Um, so there have been deliveries made of clothes, of like resources, of food, obviously. Um, and the, the whole organization has been expanding to trying to meet the moment of the 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 homeless crisis right now yeah. that we have and uh, to feed and clothe people work on getting shelters built please check the organization out help us you know make more deliveries at these police precincts or pack the food at the warehouse or whatever else you can do donate yeah. etc thank you that's uh that's shy shy dash care.org yep it's always in the link of the, every single episode i always make sure it's in every single link Absolutely. of every episode it's in the description check it out it, it, whether you're watching on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, YouTube, I include on YouTube as well, nice. everywhere. It's okay. it's over there. So go ahead and check that out. Um, Bosh, plug your socials in case people uh, want to so hear more you of your can rants. Follow me on uh, on Instagram where uh, I'll post some of, some of the stuff I've been going through and hopefully I'll be launching a separate Instagram thing for one of my projects soon. In uh, Instagram, I am System Lord without the E. So that's S Y S T M L O R D on Twitter. Frankly, don't follow me on Twitter. I'll, I'll have a new Twitter to plug soon. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SES Vince. The link tree in my bio will take you to everything straight talk. Uh, get your podcast, create your world, smack it raw. I'm part of three podcasts, like four podcasts at this point. Always putting out content. Always. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm at least putting something out on the weekly basis. It may yeah. not be straight talk, but if you enjoy me there, you can go ahead and check that out. If you want to listen to the podcast, I. Encourage you to do so on Spotify or Google Podcasts. Just search up SES Vince. It's the fastest way to do so. I want to try to brand the podcast in a different way so it's does not just my name because it's our podcast, not just mine. Totally. So, so I definitely want to do that going forward. Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Straight Talk underscore Pod. We usually post when we have a new episode up there. We'll have a post up either later on today or tomorrow morning to let everyone know. So, yeah. Follow us on the social medias. With that being said, though, Bosh, can't wait to watch more NBA playoffs. Hell yeah. Fuck Boston. Yep. Uh, fuck Philly. Fuck San Antonio. Fuck Orlando. Fuck Dallas. <laughs> any any other team you want to curse? No, no. I think I got all the hate out of me, man. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back to – well, you know what? Fuck our own Chicago Bulls. Fuck yeah, fuck, fuck, <laughs> the, fuck the Bulls ownership, management. Gonna, yep. If everywhere. I'm going to rant on Philly, man, yeah. That's, Even yeah. some players, man. DeMar DeRozan said it. We have some sorry-ass <laughs> yes, yes, on, yes. on this league and in that team. Yep. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk more – next time we'll we'll meet up with, with Bosch. We'll talk Bulls. Yeah, basketball. looking forward to it, man. This has been a right. uh, great, great playoffs, and we'll, be, we'll talk more soon for sure. All right, so for SES Vincent Bashar, uh, this has been the Street Talk Podcast, episode 46. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Let it go. Peace.